This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Please buy your season tickets and give us your hard-earned cash we won't buy any players but you get nine free matches, you free, free loaders, you free, free loaders. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's on. This episode, it's Hello Dan. Hello Dan. Hello Rich. Hal hath no fury, like a freeloading season ticket holder, scorned. <laughs> Anthony Hall, Swindon Town chief executive, the wrong man, overpromoted, out of his depth, in the wrong industry, doesn't understand football culture. He was aggy. He was riled. He was snappy. He showed contempt for the supporters. He showed contempt for the supporters' trust. Some of the quotes were frankly unbelievable. Except from this lot, it's not unbelievable. Amateur hour again from a slipshod organisation behind the scenes. More poor communications. A lack of knowing their facts and their numbers. 
multiple contradictions throughout, more weak apologies. But all in all, I'm taking it as a great night. The fan base continue to wake up. This current administration continue to do themselves harm. Let's get the club sold. Let's be rid of these chances. Why was that any hall put forward? No one was asking for this. But you said it last week, Rich. There'll be some drama before the Wimbledon game. You weren't just going to have a quiet week off. I really enjoyed the uh, Andrew Hall's pods, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into this episode. I know uh, a lot of the listenership are too. Yes. It feels like you've covered it pretty well there. So I, I, <laughs> usually the bit where I do the, Dan, thank you very much. Um, yes, it, it's been an extraordinary two days. And I think we've been covering behind the scenes stuff for quite a while now over yourself, Terry, and every other time. And we're not responsible for this, but the noise, the sort of in Clem we trust, the just be grateful we've got a club back rhetoric gets quieter and quieter. And I think what we learned as a, as a sort of a prelude to the, the big conversation is there hasn't been much noise defending the club over the last 48 hours. No, the um, the defences are now merely drops in the ocean. And that ocean is full of uh, disenfranchised and angry Swindon supporters, which, um, well, it's not a perfect situation to be in. At least it seems to have had that unifying waking up effect. Yeah. Um, it feels like we're getting, and again, Twitter's a big echo chamber, right? But it feels like we're kind of in the majority now. Would you say that's fair? I think so. I think so. I mean, I would have much rather this didn't happen, but I, I take no delight in having to press record for these. I'd much rather talk to Andrew Hawes or, or other town fans about their favourite Swindon town sides of their choice. But this is just so typical of this era where we have a week off. We've just had two wins on the bounce, unbeaten in three, but they can't resist it. And I and I guess this episode is to just dissect what we listened to on Tuesday night, why we got there, why it happened, and hopefully the two days that have followed, we didn't want to do this straight afterwards. We wanted to sit down, listen to it again, and believe it or not, we did, and make notes. And I think what's most important is we try and understand why the tone that kicked this uh, interview with Swindon Town CEO Anthony Hall with the supporters club on the sofa series with Vic Morgan, uh, who did a very good job in what was probably quite unexpected circumstances. The background to this was that there was a request within the advisory board notes for Anthony Hall to appear on a podcast because he'd been in the job for a while and I, I, it would be nice to get to know him. I've read the advisory board notes and it's a very minor question. I don't know if they got multiple. They probably did. And they duly obliged. However, in the hours before this interview, the trust released a statement. Uh, and it said the trust STSC board wants to update members on the ongoing evaluation of the club's accounts. Club chairman 
Kremel Fooney offered the trust the opportunity to review the financial position in the September 2023 advisory board meeting. Since then, we've been actively working with the club to organise the review. Our goal is for Scott Curtis, the trust treasurer and management accountant, to present a clear analysis of the club's finances to members in an understandable manner. While the process was expected to take time, we've encountered delays beyond our control. Despite frustrations, we have initiated the process with an initial meeting. We acknowledge the criticism regarding the lack of communication and are committed to providing updates, even if progress is minimal. We are disappointed in the current stage of progress and are actively engaging with the club to expedite the review. We will continue to press for the next stage and offer solutions to accelerate progress. The Trust Board commits to providing a further update, regardless of the level of progress, by Thursday, the 21st of December. We remain passionate about concluding this process to offer members a clear analysis of the club's finances. We acknowledge communication mistakes and appreciate your continued support as we work towards providing the analysis you want to see. Come on, you Reds, the Trust STFC Board. Before we go to the response... Why do you think the trust chose to release a statement hours before this interview? Well, yeah, I mean, we said it at the time. It looked like a preemptive move. Um, I suspect how the first 10 minutes of the interview played out, well, it certainly caught us off guard. <laughs> uh, and I suspect it caught caught Trust STFC off guard as well. So, yeah, in, in terms of motives for having this and motives for putting stuff out in advance, yeah, I suspect the two parties trying to get their position across first. You know, tr- trust SCFC won that one, but um, yeah, Anthony Hall came steaming in and uh, kind of ripped up the script. Yes, yes. Um, the tone of the hour was sparked by this statement. I'm more than sure of it. Let's have a listen. Before we go to the clip, we are using four or five clips from that interview. We haven't asked for permission, but the reason I'm doing this is so nothing is taken out of context, nothing is misconstrued. Uh, you can listen to this interview in full just by going to the usual platforms for the official supporters club with Vic Morgan. So but let's listen to the response uh, in relation to the trust's comments, their statement. Oh, quite surprised by it, to be fair. I've read it before I came on. Um, that's just not the case. Um, it came up in the advisory board. We've offered for the trust to come in. There's been an initial meeting with Scott Curtis between um, himself and Annabella de Costa to set out what Scott would like to see. Um, that information has been readily available for him to come in. His, there was potentially a visit to come in on last Friday. That hasn't happened. We've now offered for him to come in on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays to come and view the accounts and see all for what he wants to see. There's nothing now that we're trying to hide and the inference that we're being obstructive just isn't true. And that's the way that I've taken it when I've read that article just before I come on out. There's no real issue to it. The guys can come in when they want. We've said this. I don't, I don't, I'm a little bit frustrated by the statement, Vic, to be perfectly honest. And it isn't the way we've set out to have this process done. The offer was put out there by Clem when he took over that it would be open and transparent, which Clem is doing. Then one of those actions is to come in and see the accounts. Come in and see them. Before I joined, there wasn't a set of management accounts. So we've been actively working through that to make sure that we get 
the right financial information issued correctly and displayed correctly so everybody can see what they want to see. And you will I mean, see that the money being put in by Clenmore Fooney is substantial. So there, there you have it. That was Vic asking for Anthony's thoughts on the trust statement and why there's been clear inaction. That clip is also uh, also includes Vic pushing later in the interview why it hadn't happened and whether the it was the trust or the club who hadn't got their what's-its in gear, I think was the uh, direct quote. So I guess the first thing here, Dan, is somebody is lying. Yes, and... Do any of the parties have a track record for lying publicly mm. recently? Mm. Um, oh, yes. Swindon Town. <laughs> and this, <laughs> we said it at the time, when the trust is gone, they're making a huge problem for themselves. And so, you know, who are we more inclined to believe? Supporters Trust, led by volunteers, all lifelong Swindon Town fans, or Clem's industry man fudged into a job he probably didn't want towing the party line. It, yeah. Mm. It's the club on the attack, clearly. It's, it's poor. We talk about contempt shown towards supporters. Well, you know, the supporters trust are a kind of distillation of the fan base on top of that. And so to show such frustration and disdain and to be so dismissive of the sports, just you know, even if it was true, like good time for a bit of diplomacy, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I was rather hoping by us recording tonight on Wednesday that we might have had sort of trust statement in rebuttal to being accused of lying. And unless I've missed it, Rich, I've not seen that. No, it's not happened. You know, does that suggest there's been some constructive talks in the background? Are they actually in the building looking at the uh, the set of management accounts, which didn't exist, by the way, until Anthony Hall arrived? That's alarming. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I think, I suppose one of the questions here is that Anthony Hall quite he's stunned that this, this came out and he said like, they could have come in on a recent Friday, they can come in Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. And I suppose the question here is when were those days first offered? Because sadly there was no, there was no pushing of that. Was that, has that offer been in place for two months? Was it offered a month ago? Was it offered last week? We don't know. And without that information, it kind of, it will probably answer a lot here. So Anthony Hall saying, yeah, we did it. But it's unacceptable if he asked them to do it last week and he's making it sound like, well, they could have come in months ago. We they know when we're here. Yeah, I, I think it was it was quite sneaky potentially, this. Yeah. I think it's a dangerous game played by Clem and Anthony here as well, because you know, you could not have had a much more supportive and accommodating supporters trust, you know. We've spoke about on this pod, you know, much to the trust's own detriment in the last three or four months, and so for the for it to come back on the trust like this, yeah, I should imagine they are cheesed off. And we spoke, didn't we, about you know we'd like to see the trust get some teeth. Maybe it's time to start using some different levers. So you know, if they're not going to do it now, then when? Because you've now got the club saying they're lying. 
you know, this is your partner in the joint venture that owns the ground. This is one of your regular advisory board attendees. Yeah. Come on, trust STFC. And of course, the other development, Rich, um, we've seen Steve Mighton uh, state his intention to stand down in February uh, as the trust chairman. Do you think that's related, coincidental? I would say, given Steve Mighton's journey, it was probably coming to an end anyway, regardless of this situation. But, I mean, if I was listening to that and contemplating where, what my next steps were, I'd probably go, ah, this ain't worth it. This ain't worth it. I'm, I'm gone. Because as it was stated during this conversation uh, with Vic Morgan, like, the question was like, led to what his relationship with the trust was like and he he called you know he mentioned he had a good working relationship with Steve Might and then I think um, Neil Hutchins as well yes it could well have been the one that went you know what I'm I'm done I'm gonna I'm gonna get the statue over the line and and that be that and he he deserves huge amounts of credit for for what the trust have achieved in the last decade Absolutely. And that was going to be my next point is just to say, um, well done, Steve, on your 11 years of service to the trust board. Four of those years, I, I, I sat on the trust board with Steve and he was incredibly welcoming and accommodating and seeing the way that him and Rob in particular negotiated the sort of end of days part of the Lee Power regime. Steve always had that never ending positivity and What's that childlike vision and positivity that things were going to work out, <laughs> which <laughs> there were there were dark times uh, amongst that. Yeah, um, I, you know, I was absolutely delighted the the joint venture to purchase the ground using the Nigel Eady funds that Clem Morfini gifted the fans got over the line because you know that is a huge legacy for Steve, and it would be wonderful to see. Um, I assume it's going to be in 2024. It's got to be soon. You know, the John Rogers statue, which is something Steve's been really passionate about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Steve goes with a massive pat on the back. Um, you know, in a very turbulent decade, you know, with <laughs> he's got a job and a family, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so sort of kept so positive throughout all of that. He's done fantastically well. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with Muck Delivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, Rich here with an exciting offer for listeners of The Lowe Strangers. Yes, we've teamed up with NordVPN to help your viewing pleasure so you can watch your favourite things without constantly travelling to the chateau. That's right, NordVPN allows you to watch those sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with just one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. 
Now to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash strangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll also help support our podcast along the way. You can find the link in the podcast episode description box. Thank you, enjoy, and onwards. Well, it's, it's Swindon Town. We'll move on back to the On the Sofa conversation with Anthony Hall now, and a lot of the hostility of the opening sections was in relation to Hall's annoyance with the trust and it kept going, but life is a learning curve. You make mistakes. You know, our owner has told us that, but those opening 10, 15 minutes were utterly unacceptable from a professional football CEO, CEO, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you look at the last 20 minutes of STFC, we had, Obviously, the last 10 minutes at Accrington and then the first 10 minutes of Anthony Hall's uh, <laughs> on the sofa. It's just about as, as catastrophic as 20 minutes as you're going to get. I would like to think of chief executives being professional, good communicators, people who, even if they don't know every single thing, they're across the business. They know their numbers. They know the figures. They're going to talk sensibly about things that the club are or aren't involved with the karachi question for example rich mm-hmm. he he doesn't like that's previously been strenuous strenuously denied that stfc have any involvement in that and he sat there saying i'm gonna have to check with jamie russell that was a big inconsistency and we can deal with karachi and australia now because it is in in the notes so it was said that Clemel Fooney's focus is his Australian-based soccer schools, which which its pilot went well under Gavin Gunning. But the key thing here in the red flag alarm bells might not be top of the agenda was that he didn't definitively go, Karachi's got nothing to do with us, mate. Nothing to do with us at all. <laughs> it, it's I don't know what we're doing here. Well, quite, quite, Mr. Hall. Um, so Karachi is still one of these things which it sounds like it's not us, but it is nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Let's not talk about it. Oh, boy. Um, I thought it was something to do with us. No, what do you mean? We're not saying that to the... F- oh, no. Um, but yeah. like like a few things that happened in this hour kind of slipped away from the priorities because of one big talking about which we'll get to later. But it was it was having listened to it the first time I listened to it, just like the Clem Fooney one, to be honest, I got about 10 minutes in and turned it off because it was just annoying me. And then I had to go back and, and listen again for the purposes of the podcast. And on the second listening in full, it's clear that Hall does improve in this interview, but he's improving because how embarrassing is this? People listening are going, come on, Anthony Hall, we're just passionate about a football club here. You can't be so aggy, as you would say, um, <laughs> to the fan base. This is crazy. That it, it was it was so hostile. Listeners were saying, calm down, mate. <laughs> you know, football, yes, it's a business, but it's not like other businesses. People that buy season tickets to Sun and Town, they're not out there in a marketplace thinking, which football club shall I go and watch? Which club shall I get a season ticket for? It doesn't work like that. Like these people are only going to support Sunday Town FC. We're stuck with them, much to our own detriment, Rich, on this podcast quite often. A huge sense that this is a man who doesn't understand British football culture. That's yeah. sort of you know referenced a few times. Armchair Arsenal fan. Well, yeah, he looks it. Frankly, 
Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So. Oh, well, uh, the, one other thing, if we're talking about professionalism and being on top of stuff. Yeah. Three occasions throughout this interview where he referenced, firstly, I think it was, oh, Flynn does the football side, I just do the budget. And then later on, answering my question, yeah, I don't know what the budget is. And then later on, uh, another reference to him doing the budgets. It's just reckless inconsistency from yeah. a person who is the highest ranking person in the business other than the owners. God knows who they are. <laughs> right. Well, we'll move on to the next question. We're not going to cover every single question that was covered on the sofa. Again, you can you can find that elsewhere, but we've, we've got another clip. So the next question was in relation to perhaps the lack of account sharing being down to due diligence relating to a potential sale of the club. And there's also a follow-up question whether the club plan to find those who are spreading rumours of a potential sale. Let's hear what Anthony Hall said. Absolutely not. Club isn't for sale. These rumours seem to go around every week at the moment. The club is not for sale. That simple. There's no, there's no story there. There's no, there's nothing there. The, the club isn't for sale. I'll ask the question. The person who started the rumour come and see me in my office tomorrow morning and ask me the question. Okay. Instead of hiding behind keyboard. Come and see me. I'm here every day. Now, Dan, last time we we experienced something similar to this was the Claire Morfuni interview. Was it was was it the interview or was it the uh, was it the article where he he references taking a swing at someone and fans were like <laughs> oh lovely but then people who are very au fait with Australian dialect were like well take a swing at someone doesn't mean throwing a uh, fro- <laughs> throwing a fist if a British CEO is saying come to my office to those who are spreading rumours of a potential sale. Is that for a lovely cup of tea and conversation? Because I would interpret that as get a dressing down. Well, I'd imagine so long as you're paying for the tea, Swindon would be delighted to have you in. Yeah, very prickly. It was very playground. Well, you know, come set to my face then. Mm. Charming. Uh, that's one of your customers. Uh, I hate to use the word customer. In football, but you know, in a business sense, that is one of your one of your customers. You're kind of calling out in a slightly in, intimidatory way. There, Ugh, lordy lord. Anyway, if if they're saying the club's not for sale, it almost certainly is. So that's another thing cleared up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what we can really discuss here in terms of. He says no. Clemelfuni says no, but, and he was citing. Well, Clemelfuni said in the last in the last interview that they weren't for sale, but he didn't kind of say that, did he? He says they're not for sale, but if people are going to come and and want to talk to us, we'll, we'll talk to them. That was pretty much what he said last time, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. That. You know, from time to time, we have interested parties who will, you know, we'll hear them out or something similar, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, lordy lord. But yeah, club not being for sale, rumours circling every week. Well, actually, you've had articles online suggesting that actually the club is actively for sale. You've had Clem say publicly from time to time, we listen to potential bidders. Anthony Hall here definitively saying, no, not for sale. We'll come on to it when we get to the, the turnover 
and the costs, you know, with those costs miraculously rocketing up, it doesn't feel like too big a leap to say, actually, you've got here a culture at Swindon Town now of stripping out as much cost as you can. And that goes on the playing side as well, what we're seeing on the pitch. So if the, if there was a sale around the corner, it, it would not be a surprise in the slightest. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, they're saying they're not for sale, then you know, that's what we must assume. But I, I do believe that there's no smoke without fire. But at the same time, there's been no credible, uh, you know, no journalist has grabbed onto it yet or been willing to run with it. So if it is happening, it's, it's under lock and key, uh, which is how it should be. To be fair, yeah. but I, I, and I, I can see why if if they are for sale, why you would want to keep that away for various reasons from the fan base. We'll, we'll move on on a scale of one to ten, one being dire and ten being no problems. How does he rate the financial situation of the club today? He answered five or six out of ten. We're on par with pretty much every other football club in League 2 with a few exceptions. Um, but again, they'll see that when they inspect the accounts. And this answer was followed up with a do me the do me a favour response from somebody listening. But again, he stood by, um, believe what you want, but you'll, you'll see once the books are published. It's a weird thing to hide behind considering they haven't been able to get the trust to look at the books for months. And it, it, it comes up again with... You know, Clem Mulfooney's so open and transparent, he's letting you see the books, but we haven't seen the books yet. So how can you how can you define this? Is there were a few things in this where like, hey, we're letting you see the books, but nobody's seen the books. And there's no way <laughs> the trust have gone, oh, we can't do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, um uh, for three months. It's just no way. <laughs> the other notable thing here, Rich, is so a couple of months ago, it was, yeah, you know, we're losing 500k a year. And then in Anthony Hall's answer, it's now that most clubs are losing one to two million a year. And we're <laughs> in that. Uh, I, would, I would just love to know where the money goes. Oh, gosh. We're, we're not oh. allowed to do that, though, are we? We're not allowed, no. to, we're not allowed to, to go down that. How, how difficult oh. is it to run a football club, uh, was asked. Very difficult. And guess what comes out at this point? Here comes the 30 years of poor management line. This really irritated me, this answer. 30 years, right? But a tenth of that has been under the Clem Morfuni era. <laughs> That's quite a big chunk. That's three of the last 30. They've not been in office for, for five minutes. You know, this is their third season. Yeah. And they're making it sound like they've just rocked up and reviewed anything. And there can be skeletons in the closet. Don't get me wrong. But my goodness. But once we look at the books, we'll we'll be fully aware. <laughs> Yet again, oh. he goes in on the commercial deals um, not being a benefit to the football club and he's going out to sort these deals. And this seems more of a dig towards more recent staff. Perhaps. But let's remember, Anthony Hall is here representing Swindon Town Football Club. Clem Morfuni has been in charge of the shit for the last two and a half years. Free was a bit of a stretch, apologies. Many of those deals were signed off under Clem's regime. Mm -hmm. The only one I'll give you is Puma. Fair enough, right? I know the nationwide uh, stand sponsorship, that gets reviewed every year. And and this year, the nationwide tickets have gone up to £14 a head. We'll get to nationwide, don't worry, everyone. We'll get to Um, nationwide. 
I, I'm not having this at all. Like Puma, fine. That seems like you know one of the final legacy kind of issues. But other than that, this is your football club. Own it. These are your deals. I don't care if you want to have a pop at the ex chief exec. You're here representing the club. Don't fob us off with this rubbish about commercial deals damaging the club. That doesn't raise your costs by one and a half, two million in two years. It's absolutely infuriating. Do they call it gaslighting? Is that the correct term of the word gaslighting? I agree. I agree with you. Um, There was a question about whether the staff being paid or this, (laughs) whether the staff will be paid on time this month. Um, These rumours were battered away with, He's heard them all. He seems to focus on pay dates and not the accusation that some staff were paid and others weren't. Um, and the, there's already been an admission of an accounting error, but this is just, oh, these are all rumours and I've heard them all. They're focusing on the fact that it was a rumour, but people were paid late and it was a it was cited as an accounting error. But of course, that, that's glossed over. Yeah. Again, your mistake, own it. Mm. Um getting into details of when the payday is again it's just diversionary it's just fobbing off it's, and and like oh we should be happy that everyone's been paid on time whoopee come off it it's, it's not like we've got four thousand on the gate it's not like we've got three thousand season to get audit yeah and all of this it's just infuriating because you've got here a ceo trying to paint a picture the on-field stuff which is, you know, a direct result of how you run your business, is also crap. Crap off the field, crap squad depth on the field. Seven points in nine has probably given them a bit of a false false sense of chipper. Uh, Maybe they thought this was going to be a bit of an easier ride for uh, Anthony Hall. But over the hour, there was just so little in, in terms of the positive. Barely any chat in the positive about half season tickets yeah, very please brief come and watch us <laughs> please come and watch us an hour where we 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 log off thinking do i want to go and watch swindon beyond this season if you're a season <laughs> ticket holder there, there was a tongue-in-cheek question about the wives or the family members of chris kiley and eddie Paladorio. he kind of avoided it probably because he didn't understand the question which is fair enough but he, there was a follow-up to this and he said it's still a work in progress and he kicked the can down the road again until January. I think Bethany Palladorio has now left the official website listing, but the Kylie family mm-hmm. is still there. But of course, why why update us on that? <laughs> no, why? When um, you can come along and ask Clem yourself at a fans forum in January. Answer now. <laughs> this is where you're here. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, and the Paladorio <laughs> thing has never been covered. We the focus has always been on the Kylie family, but Paladorio, even though it's the same equation, has never it's, it's never been fielded and it's never been answered. It's been dodged at all times. So um, yeah, we we've talked about the the Kylie Paladorio stuff, and I think that's enough. Yeah, but yet again, another example of like, come and ask us in, in January. Why? You're not expecting to be here? <laughs> you, you know, kick it down the road far enough, we'll be gone and, and that'll be that. Um, an interesting question about 
how is selling replica shirts at half price before the Christmas rush <laughs> deemed to make sense? It was clear at this point, Dan, that that Vic knew he was dealing with a grumpy bum. So I think mm-hmm. it gave Vic just a little bit more of an incentive to just go, well, what's going on here? And this was batted away, but I've I've never known Swindon Town or any other club to reduce their shirt so dramatically at a time where they, they would be getting full price for it. For them and it's hard not to put the conspiracy theory hat on at this time especially as new kits emerged kits that we were expecting sometime before that didn't arrive until a flash sale ended yes interesting stuff so yeah i mean if there was any sort of precedent for putting your home kit on at half price a month before christmas then you might just about say, well, at least we can point to another club that's done this. It just screams, we need cash into the business now. Yeah. You also had a Black Friday sale where heaps of the Christmas stuff, and I picked up a bit of it myself, was ridiculously cheap yeah. before Christmas. Yep. Yeah. To unheard. try and back this away as it's nothing, well, you're shit at business then. Yeah, it's not something that makes me stay awake at night. <laughs> at night, but like in all my experience, it's this is the time where it goes up five quid, not not goes yeah. down half price. And yet, there will be people going, "Well, it's a fantastic gesture by the club." But I would say to that, <laughs> do me a favor, you know, and I would, and I would, and you know, the club are more than happy to point out if that's wrong or not but and 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 he did and see he'll go no it was it was just a gesture but come on look how oh. empty look how empty that shop is look how the lack of range in that shop if you're looking to you know make as much money um you you bring more stock in of everything we're not getting much stock of anything come in i looked around other clubs the range that swindon have in comparison to other clubs is just so lacking, so lacking. You can only buy you can only buy one bobble hat online at the moment. You know, well, one, in one, winter, too. In winter. I'm surprised we didn't sell them on sale in summer. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like you know, it's those sort of things I've never known over the last year that the lack of range, and that's not down to the staff. I'll tell you right now, that'll be down to well, you you don't need me to tell you this. There was there was a as we move on, we, we don't really talk about the football side of business during this episode because there's no real need to. We are still hugely dedicated to Michael Flynn and his squad. And I'm going on Saturday to Wimbledon. I'm looking forward to it. That shouldn't be questioned. However, something that did slip through the net of people, and you know, that makes sense when we get to when we get to the season ticket element, is the CEO pretty much said Jake Young's going back. Yeah. And and they hope to keep Dan Kemp. That has just ruined. I, I felt for people like Joe Acklam because that's killed a month of will he, won't he? Because it it wasn't poorly worded. That was very definitive, if you ask me. I mean, we kind of knew it anyway. Yeah, of course yeah, we did. To have but... to have your CEO, but you know, just you can answer it in a cagey way. You know, we'll, we'll do everything oh, we can. Yada yada yada. But no, you say there hasn't been much football chat. The thing that really worried me on the football front, Rich, was several comments throughout the hour about our January transfer planning mm. will get underway in earnest once Clem lands 
in the country on December the 21st, was it? Yeah, I'm there's, sorry. No, there's no way Flynn hasn't started it. No, no but to come out and say that, like yeah. you're saying the quiet part loud. Yeah. Like teams, other teams will have been starting their planning in the summer. Would have started it on September the 1st, the minute that transfer window shut. So to say publicly, you know, our chairman with no football experience, who's flying into the country to personally oversee January, which once again terrifies me as a football fan. Oh, we'll sit down and we'll we'll think about it then. Nah, that's that's a load of tripe. Yeah. It's really alarmingly poor. Again, just don't say it. Just say, yeah, you know, planning for January has been happening last couple of months. We've got options, we've got A, B, and C plans. Even if it's a lie, just like, yeah, toe the line. I think under the Clem Mulfooney era, the term well, the, the job role CEO is not hugely similar to any other. I think our perception of a CEO is the right one, but I'm not convinced that Rob Angus or Anthony Hall have had the roles of CEOs that you would see in at, traditionally at football clubs. I do Agreed, believe yeah. that they are more the money, the day-to-day, the running side of it. However, he's more than willing to pitch in on these on these football matters. And it's just like, just Rob Anger stuck to it. I don't deal with the football side. Yeah. You know, he might have. He might have had a little dabble. He might have known that Jake Young would go back if this was him, but he wouldn't say it. But he's there going, um, yeah, he's going back. And we're, yeah, he's going to go back, and we'll we'll see. We've we're still talking to Dan Kemp, and it's just that like me with hope. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just inconsistent. It's inconsistent, and like you said, additional. There was a lot of budget questions, and um, it was all Clem's coming home um, later <laughs> in the month, and it's just like the fan base are shrugging now. The the smiley Clem Morfuni let his mask slip in September or whenever it was. You know, there will be people that are still firmly pro Clem, and that's fine. That's their prerogative. And a lot of the noise still needs more definitive proof to convince people. But the, the, the idea of an owner with minimal, who's more interested in his Australian soccer school than he is Swindon Town Football Club, mm-hmm. with, with minimal experience, what, what has, you know, he is a huge football fan, but he has no knowledge of lower league football. That, 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 Anthony Hall then, yeah. Just and then we've got Anthony Hall. Every, every it's everyone's dream to work in football. Your your life is construction, and you your your boss has given you an olive branch, and you've you've just found yourself. Imagine finding yourself the CEO of a football. What club? What other club would go? I tell you what, Anthony, come and come and be CEO of a multi-million pound professional football side well don't worry about experience don't worry about it it's all, it's all the same isn't it it's all the same and and i think what really stood out in this hour is that football and construction are not the same thing and even when you go down drill down to jamie russell jamie russell has got lots of experience in certain areas of football but not in this oh and that's where we he's put an all academy our man isn't he he's an academy yeah. man and that's fine and he's learning but we've had a lot of that haven't we having a lot of learning since Ben Shawley left, a lot of top bloke will get the mm. job done. 
Oh, we didn't do it. We'll learn from our mistakes and they go again. We've we've recruited. Yeah, yeah. Sandro didn't work out. We're going to bring in Jamie Russell. Jamie Russell hasn't. It's it's got just as much experience as Sandro Di Michele did at at senior football level. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to go with it anyway. That's fine. And I don't, I'm not going against Jamie Russell here, but it's just an example of what we have behind the scenes, and we have to put all our faith into Michael Flynn. We just we just have to because I couldn't trust Clem Fooney to to negotiate a, a football deal. I, I couldn't. <laughs> We've seen that with the way some of our managers have left the club recently over the last two years. That that how long they've taken because they're trying to scrape the very last penny out of the teams they're negotiating with. Well, we haven't got that time in January. We're gonna we, yeah. we we've got players that will leave. Now I don't know to what extent they're going to go. You know, we assume Kemp will go. Who knows? There is that rumor I mentioned on a pod recently that Dan Kemp is a done deal. But hey, <laughs> Anthony Hall didn't make it sound like a done deal, did he? We we can now all assume that Jake Young goes unless it's a, a, a ridiculous bluff and fair play. And then there's there's question marks over people like Romeo Hutton and Saidu Khan. So are we yeah. going to do our business based on players leaving? Do we need these players to leave in order to do business elsewhere? That doesn't sound like fun. It's going to be really interesting. I'm not writing them off. Do I Do I trust them to, to get the job done? No, not really. And it's going to be frustrating because we could be very much in the playoff picture come the end of the Crawley game on New Year's Day. And then it all fall apart in front of our eyes. Or they could pull it out of the bag. And we all hope that will be the case. But there's just no one other than the manager on the football side of things that I would trust to get something done right now. And Mike Flynn can only do that if he's got the budget. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yes. Um, I know it's not a football pod. But, yeah, January, uh, as I said, after the, the Accrington pod, I think it was, you know, January just feels all better off. Yeah. And then you look at the people doing the recruiting and it doesn't fill you with any faith. At no, all, so. it dozen uh then then it came the question about his demeanor during the interview and how frustrated he was was the observation and this is probably where he he does the things he's saying isn't great but his tone definitely improves it's, oh, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm not frustrated with the supporters at all i'm, I'm even though the trust are supporters uh i'm sorry if you think i'm being defensive but i'll defend our corner when i think something uh, don't think something is right and he cited that trust statement again at that point and then there was a question about the potential charges with the FA due to Clem's honest mistake. We all make mistakes. And we're waiting <laughs> to hear back from the Football Association was the uh, was the answer to this. And I guess there's nothing more Swindon, really, than listening to the CEO talking about a Football Association charge. And there'd be no follow up. No one citing it. It's like, yeah, yeah, there's another charge coming our way. How embarrassing is that? Oh, ex- extremely rich. You would like to see it treated with the the gravity a charge like that deserves. Um, yeah. Again, I, to your point about kick it down the kick the can down the road long enough. Yeah. You know, hopefully, we won't have to deal with that if we can sell the club. Yeah, um, and, and it, it, it feels like that. Yeah, and it, there's nothing to suggest it's going to be like points. Everything I've heard on it is going to be you know you're looking at like a five figure fine. It's just embarrassing that it's just shrug shoulders. And that's the behavior of 
what they're citing about 30 years of poor management, yet they're allowed to make mistakes that get us five-figure fines. That's fine. We've been ran, we've been ran poorly for 30 years, but they're allowed to do it. So why are they citing other other ownerships saying they were rubbish, they were rubbish, they were rubbish? Ah, yeah, but we're getting a football association fine for something that we did wrong. It's it's just mm-hmm. oh, it's so annoying. Hey, look, I'm getting on my soapbox now. They apologised profusely. A bit of fun would have been to count the number of apologies from uh, Anthony Hall during this, or you know, at least references back to Clem has apologised. Um, you know, he came he came on this pod and. He took all the questions, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then but blames yeah. 30 years of poor administration. Was it their <laughs> poor 30 years that led them to that little white lie that's going to cost the club a reputation? You know, we as fans have to listen to other fans going swindle at it again. Yeah. And the and the industry are going swindler at it again. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that it's not points. It doesn't matter it's the brown bag sort of behaviour. It's the fact that the owner of Swindertown Football Club lied, hid it, got caught, and then went, wow, we all make mistakes. And yet he has the audacity, and they have the audacity to say, well, you've been ran rubbish for 30 years, and then not acknowledge that and just say, well, it's just a mistake. He's apologised. This is where we're at, folks. Um, and this is why, you know, we said a couple of months ago, you know, when Clem came on and we actually saw real Clem for the first time, Prickly, sweary, uh, angry. You know, when people show themselves to you, take it in. And, you know, handily, Anthony Hall hasn't teased it out over a number of appearances. He's just come straight in on uh, appearance number one. So thank you, Anthony, for uh, <laughs> um, showing us your true colours. It's been a while since we heard from Anthony Hall. The next question is maybe this question was the one that made people go, eh? And that was to th- eight to 9,000 fans, but we're still running at a loss. Can you give us an idea of how much it costs to run Swindertown FC? And then there was a bit more detail asked. Let's, let's listen to the clip. It's about a million pounds a year that the club's currently losing, it's costing to run the football club. So the club cost, was the club turned over last year, sorry, 6.9 million pounds and cost 8.2 to run. So it's cost there 1.3 million. Okay. And that will be all there to see when Scott comes to do that review. In what, what would you like to see from the facilities maintenance uptake of the stadium through to your ticket sales, through to your shop, through to the sponsorship deals, through to, you know, where does it end big? So the reaction here, Dan, was, and I think every Swindon Town fan will acknowledge that we're not experts when it comes to the outgoings and the in- incomings of, of every area of a football club. But what fans are able to do is look around and see what other clubs are doing in terms of losses and how much it takes to run. And it was said that, as you heard there, the club losing a million a year turnover is 6.9 million and it costs 8.2 million to run the club. (laughs) And that was the reaction by a lot of people was very much, eh? This was an area where people... They didn't buy that figure, did they? No, and nor should they. Um, I think it was the venerable Abbott Dave put something in the LS pod chat earlier. So year one of the Clem regime, we made a £100,000 profit. And a lot of that was helped by the Manchester City fixture, of course. Because remember, you are allowed to progress past the first round of the Cup. Um, 
And I think that year turnover was something like six and a half million and we made a hundred grand profit. So where oh where at Swindon Town Football Club have we suddenly racked up two million pounds more of cost? Where? Because we've bought the ground from the council using a supporter's money. That in turn has led to a reduced rent on the ground. You've heard, you've sold Jake Wakelin for what what we suppose might be two or three hundred grand back in September. Uh you know, in terms of staff numbers, you know, this is a real shell. It's a skeleton staff behind yeah. the scenes. It is a skeleton squad, as we've discussed numerous times on this podcast. Where is the cost? Are they that bad at running a football club? Or is there something more sinister going on? Owing to what we've been talking about on this podcast for the last six, 12 months. Where, where's your head at, Rich? Because I, I found this moment staggering. Yeah, it's, it's I actually thing. thought 6.9 million in turnover. That's pretty good for Swindon in League Two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's dangerous ground to go down. And I'm reluctant to go too far down it, but those figures seemed very high, very high indeed. And it's hard, given like you know the staunchest defenders of Clem Morfuni will will reference what he has to deal with, even though he is a former associate of the of the previous owner. When you see those figures and you you read the rumors, it, it's it's kind of like, but as it has been said throughout the whole thing. Once the trust gets a look at the books, we'll 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 be cap in hand saying, well, we all make mistakes. <laughs> well, if we could get a breakdown of where eight point two million pounds goes, I've seen figures, and again, it's very hard to verify that the playing budget is in the region of one point six to about two point three million from last year to this, or in that region, right? Playing budget, paying your staff. Which we do sometimes on time, most of the time. That that should be the bulk of your cost, right? Human resources, footballers, and staff behind the scenes. So if we if we suppose, even if it was a good budget, say it's a two and a half million pound player budget, where the heck is the rest of that eight point two million pounds coming from? He cited, oh yeah, ground maintenance. They haven't done a bloody thing to the ground. It's the same ground I first went to in 1994. <laughs> they own it and the rent's been reduced. Yeah. They ask for volunteers to do everything. Yeah. They they offer sponsorship in exchange for services rendered. Yeah. Where is the cost? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Most. but we'll, we'll we'll find out maybe over time because open <laughs> and transparent Swindon town will let the trust look at the books at some point if Allegedly, the trust could be bothered to turn up, which I roll my eyes at because, yeah, gosh, what a mess. What a mess. OK, um, let's have another question that um, that has a clip. It's only a small clip. How open and transparent can you be running a football club? Well, asking someone to come in as an independent and review the financial records, I think is very open and transparent. Um You've got an owner that's always available to speak. I know some people criticise and say, where's Clem been? But Clem's been in Australia 
making sure the business in Australia is running correctly as it is to help fund Swindon Town Football Club. So I don't know how more much more transparency people would like to see. Is there anything more specific there, Vic, that people are saying that I'd like to see that maybe we can help with that would help for guys to see? I don't know. As long as it's sensible, we'll always listen. Yes, the owner always speaks and, well, we're letting you look at the books, us lucky, lucky people. Not really much more to say to this, is there? <laughs> nope. No. Um, we're almost finished, everyone. Um, we've had been under a lot of pressure to do this episode. Hopefully people are still with us. A few miscellaneous things. Something that I think is just a bit eye-rolly. Um, there was an update about stadium manager Lee Dover. He's gone uh, and Anthony is managing it at this moment in time, but it'll be um, 2024 until there's an appointment. I understand he actually left a few weeks ago. I was made aware that he'd gone quite a while back. Um there was also, weirdly, an announcement that a trust board member had left. Don't think there was any need in that at all, but it was mentioned because I think the um, the advisory board notes would mention it at all. And then it was also announced that Michael Doughty had resigned. And I, in relation to Lee Dover and Michael Doughty, Dan, I think what kind of bugs me is they make such fanfare when Michael Doughty especially was recruited. He's back. He's going to do this. And even Lee Dover had like a summary when they when they did that one one statement, which which gave us uh, an introduction to all of the Axis staff that, that had emerged, yeah. Yeah. Um, plus a couple of others. But it annoys me when these people go and it's there's no there's no notification there's, there's fans asking questions. There's a lot of sustainability questions in this. And it feels like sustainability, um, both as a club and, and what Michael Doughty was trying to do, is becoming the new open and transparent. Sustainability, sustainability, <laughs> sustainability is the new open and transparent, where they'll just say it over and over again until it loses all meaning. And fans are just saying it, but we don't really know what they, they're on about. And nothing's changing because 8.2 million is being cost to run the club on this, that and the other. And we, we, we're not seeing that. Um, but we're seeing a lot of interest overseas, but we're not seeing any major changes and we know that the junior robbins room was done with the help of the supporters groups and staff chipping in to do the labor so yeah. not much money went in there and that's the only significant thing that we've been able to see i'm sure there's stuff but come on it's just it's just weird when these people go they come with a bit of fanfare they get announcements but then they just leave and say oh yeah well, they're gone yeah um comes back to communication yep can we communications has been something that this pod has had a bee in its bonnet over for for quite some time please go on <laughs> I, I feel like you're doing a fair bit of soapboxing tonight i'm, I'm soapboxing so i'm coming in hot i'm coming in hot i mean we we got absolute hellfire abuse last summer when we talked about like how poor the comms were nine out of ten comms by the club whether they're ticket announcements i follow announcements have an error in of some sort. Yeah. And then the advisory board minutes come out and I am no wordsmith, but my toes curl at the presentation of what is a company that turns over nine, 6.9 million a year. And that is their front face communications <laughs> to its, to its, to its fan base. Cause we know we don't like the term customers. It is 
I mean, if someone said to me that at 5 p.m. on the on the 5th of December, someone in the office went, Anthony, have you have you done have you drafted the, the advisory board minutes? You said you were going to do that today. And he's gone, oh, bloody hell. And he's just quickly bashed them out. I would believe that they were that bad. Yes. Uh, in terms of quality, definitely in the rushed, doing it just before 5 p.m. bracket. Yeah. Probably the most da- the probably the most damning thing is actually you know, somebody's put a fair bit of effort into that, but it's just basic things. It's, it's a copy it and paste culture. To... It's a copy yeah, and paste it... culture, Swindon. Like we've been told that iFollow is available to watch on a Saturday. We've been told that the upcoming game against Tramier is in in November, not December. And we know why these errors have been made because they're copying and pasting it from one to the other. And I know that's not a big deal to some, but to others, that is what people see of Swindon Town. And it's, yeah. again, embarrassing. Have pride in your work. Have pride in your you work. You are custodians of a 140-year-plus and important community asset. <laughs> One of the it's final ones, it feels like. One of the final yeah. ones in Swindon in many ways. But like, it's not an individual I'm having a go at here because what what... Like in my line of work, and I know this, I was talking to a former Swindon Town staff member, and I might have said this on the pod a while back, but they were telling me when external comms were scheduled to go out, it went to every department for proofreading. Yeah. And that's why I don't blame the person that composes it. I blame the fact that the culture is there, that nobody is taking any interest in reading the articles before they go out. And that falls at the highest level. Yeah. In terms of culture, because there's no department uh, heads, you know. I mean, there's head ofs, but they're they're head of one person themselves mostly. It's a skeleton yeah. staff. They need help, and at the highest level, that's when they want to make sure that the club that they're operating, the the, the boat they're steering, looks as tip top externally as it possibly can be. And yeah. we see these, we see errors, errors, errors. And I know this is a bit STFC questionsy, but sometimes STFC questions is right. And this this is like. Just have some pride in your work. Exactly. Have some pride um, in your club, I would say. Get someone to check it. Get someone you to check it, it yourself. Yeah. Um, There's been people that have volunteered within the fan base for copy, and they get fobbed off to do match reports when they offer to do these sort of things. And well, what more can you do when there's enthusiastic volunteers that, that get fobbed off? Yeah. Well, it all comes back to that lack of care. Yeah, there's no appreciation of the importance of the thing that they own and run, um, and ultimately you come back to that point from the very beginning about contempt, contempt of the supporters. I mean, we haven't even spoken about tickets, <laughs> nine free games, people abusing underage tickets. This, oh my god! All what around, all around. It's it's in your gift. Yeah, to do this within time. Complete lack of understanding of how football works. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't want to mess with your running order, Rich, but I, I'm sure we've got left. to get to. Yeah. One, it's our finale, and it is the, the one that that rattled the fan base more than anything that has happened in the last six months to a year outside of on-the-pitch sort of stuff. Um, there was a question about nationwide tickets 
uh, nationwide are in the mud. And I'm sure they feel elated that this was this was this laundry was aired in public too. Let's listen to the clip. Um, it's nothing to do with nationwide tickets, but it's just something that's followed up. Some of those questions that are coming there. Some of the advice we bought this month in terms of the eight and nine thousand fans—they're very, very fair questions. But there's the amount of tickets that get get given away. You could take the season tickets. They think there's nine games free this season, which equates to about forty percent of the games come free. Um, it's too much, and it's something we need to look at going forward. You know, if we want a sustainable football club, which I'm sure everybody who's calling in tonight wants that football club to be sustainable because that's what we want. That's not Swindon Town has to be sustainable. So there, there's there's various things that came from this conversation, and the one that really hit was this accusation. This this claim, this awful wording, and they've not they can't just say oh it was a mistake because they've done it again since because they put it in the advisory board minutes that season ticket holders get nine games free and that needs to be reviewed later in the conversation. He doesn't disclose what what they're looking. They're looking at a, a February announcement, but anything that they propose will have to go through the supports club and the trust first. The club have tried considerable uh, increases, I believe, in the past, and and the supports groups have batted them away. The club hopefully will listen to them again this year, but this is this is the finale, where just. How out of touch, how disrespectful, and the fact that he's he considers, and you know they all do, and I don't know who all are, but every anyone in that boardroom are all looking at the figures and going, they're getting nine games free because the CEO doesn't come in and say that, and then the owner goes, No, I don't agree with that. They're sitting there going, That's too much. And to call it free, well, Dan, this is your time to shine. They don't want to listen to me. Absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous logic. This where we say they don't understand football culture. This is just this is it right here. <sighs> yeah, what what do we think we got? It's about five thousand one hundred or thereabouts season ticket holders at Swindon Town, right? Who in very, very good faith put their money down in the spring before the season even starts in August, right? We are backing the club. We are effectively saying, I want to be a member of this club. I want to back the club. I'm going to put my money in up front. And season tickets ain't cheap. No, they're not. My they're... renewal was £390. Yep. My boys' ticket was very well priced at £40. Correct. Same. You know, here I am, here you are, Rich, here are others. We're not just coming ourselves, we're bringing the future generation along as well. <laughs> we're creating future fans for you. Oh, oh yeah. guess what? At Christmas, we're going to buy them shirts. We're going to buy them a teddy. <laughs> you know, we're going to go to the Junior Reds Christmas party, etc., etc. And another big issue with this, the match day price of £27 in the side stands that's a flipping ridiculous price for League Two football anyway. And being so high, it creates that false sense of having nine games for free. I mean, oh. Listening to this question and reading the advisory board minutes, it felt like this nationwide tickets was a plant 
because it's almost word for word. But I, I am told that there is somebody on the Facebook group for Swindon Town that's got a real bee in their bonnet over over nationwide discounted tickets. What well, can but, I just say on that as well? Yeah. So up to two or three years ago, the nationwide tickets were £10. So a nationwide employee could get two tickets at £10 a go. Last year, it went up to £12. This year, it's up to £14. But, you know, these aren't nationwide employees getting free tickets. They're still paying. Nationwide have put a healthy sum of money in to sponsor the the longest serving, One of the longest serving, like... I don't know if it's on and off, but they they have our shirt sponsored for what a decade felt like a long time. Um, they they they're one of the biggest employers in the in in the borough, and yeah. they're saying that three hundred people per game go to these. You know, spend that money. Those three hundred people aren't buying season tickets if this offer goes. They're not coming. <laughs> they're not going to come because obviously it's an incentive for them to come and then you get this really tedious adults going in on concessions oh, i hate this because can I debunk this? you can debunk it because i'm just going to say you can fix that yourselves do not up do not justify upping season tickets because non-season ticket holders are going in on the cheap yeah, this is another absolutely ridiculous red herring. More scorn from the people running this club. Employ stewards to work on the turnstiles, to look at the tickets. That will stop people coming in on the incorrect tickets. And it's- Further, they've it's- even got security people after that. It's just another example of the Morfuni era blaming fans for everything. Yes. <laughs> yes, there are chances. I almost yes. swore then. I yes. almost swore. Well, you've done very well. But yes, there <laughs> are chances. It. There are yeah. chances. And there are people that cause damage. But it's never the individuals. And, you know, by the way, they didn't kick up a stink when Swindon fans were damaging another ground at the start of the administration. They laughed it off and went, boys will be boys, didn't they? Essentially, mm-hmm. they didn't cut it down. They created a culture where where damage could arguably be done. That might not be fair, but if you laugh it off in one instance and then it's happening in your own patch, then, you know, well, you should have shut it down. But, oh, my goodness me. It's just they tarnish Swindon fans with the same brush over and over again and if you're telling me like the majority nowhere near a significant number are are doing that and also again but police it Uh, yeah it's in your gift as a club you sell the tickets you man the turnstiles you've also got this security company in there that this is we shouldn't even be talking about this it's a ridiculous thing they've mentioned it before when rob angus was chief exec probably a year ago about this being a problem. What have they done since? Sounds like they've done absolutely naffle. Naffle. Yeah. And, yeah. Put, put, put the blame on the fans. I, do you know what? I think this business about the nine free games and going after your season ticket holder base is the biggest mistake they've ever made. It they is. are going to massively regret this. It is. Because in February, March time, when Kemp's gone, Young's gone, Khan's gone, Hurton's gone, we're 14th, 
Flynn's walked because he's fed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and if... the crowds are down to five and a half, six thousand, even though they're still reading it out at eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And yeah. then you want to talk about being sustainable when your season ticket holder base has dropped a thousand, maybe more. When your match day crowds have dropped to three thousand and really good luck with that chap. Yeah. And it's... you better be you better be selling this club because the way you're running it is farcical. It's it's easy to brush off criticism by saying oh, it's just a bunch of keyboard warriors, it's just a bunch of nerds with microphones that are self-important and and want everyone to hear their opinion. But once Hi. you go, one, hello, once you go to the five thousand one hundred season ticket holders, I I can't think of a more stupid thing to do because guess what? The OSC, their season ticket holders, the mm-hmm. trust. A season ticket holders, the people, mm-hmm. and some, and I know this is kind of a silly point, but there are people on social media that defend the club to the absolute hilt, and then they got targeted as a season ticket holder, and they have turned, and in in they've shown they've they've stated their disappointment and their annoyance because what will happen Dan is this nine games three was saying oh it was just a wording issue it's you know it, it, you, you took it too literally and don't worry and the reality is they tried to get it up by x amount and the, the supporters groups probably batted it away that that will happen it's going to go up the, the whole point that this was mentioned nobody asked about season tickets and then it found its way in. They were asked about nationwide tickets, but somehow season tickets found their way in because they wanted to plant the seed that the prices are going to go up and they're probably going to go up in a way that's going to make us all go, can I afford this? Can I justify this? Especially, you know, no, no, it's not especially. It's everyone will have that dilemma. Some won't think about it more than others. I will renew if I can. But as somebody who commutes... I have to factor stuff in and I'll, I'll wait eagerly because a lot of this issue goes away if we're in League One. But if we're in League Two next year, Dan, it's, it's, he's going he's gonna to feel that hit. Oh, yes. And then you've got the death spiral then. <laughs> and, and you know, and you know Nationwide's <laughs> going to go up to 20 quid next, next season because this is what they've always done. They, they just try and get more and more and more and more from, from their deals. They've said it you know, sponsorship deals are, are not good enough. So they'll pick up the phone. You know that thing that we agreed? Well, can we have more, please? Mm. And it, well, it's... can I let Anthony Hall assure you that we have an ambition to be in League One in the next three years? Why say that when we're just off the playoffs? <laughs> and like, I mean, I mean, I got said, oh, Rich, you're quite optimistic, aren't you? I mean, as long as we're in the playoff picture, we're in the playoff picture. You know, and... I definitely am sort of like, well, let's see what January does before before I get excited. But we've put us, Flynn has put ourselves in, somehow in a very, very, very okay position that we are we are not in the playoffs in League Two, and that's seen as a success at the moment, which is a whole different conversation about Swindon Town oh, Football yuck, Club. Yeah. Um, about us, um, I've said it before, embracing mediocrity. Um, Flynn's doing his absolute best to get his side into the playoffs and beyond. I respect that. I am going to support that. I want to be paying for League One football next season. Please, if possible, 
But oh my goodness, what again at the top of the pod, unbeaten in three, won the last two games, no game over the weekend. Is this the time to really rattle the the fan base? For this lot, yes. <laughs> how, what, Absolutely. How, we we got to close because we've been talking a long time. Ooh. And I hope, I hope people got what they wanted out of this episode because it was a tough one for us to sort of negotiate. Cause I flapped at stages. I don't know. You were very cool in this, but it was me that, that, that broke. What happens now? Well, I should imagine some very different conversations uh, should, well, should be happening. I repeat what I said four, six weeks ago. I would like to see Trust SDFC take a more militant line. They have been shunned publicly by Anthony Hall on this appearance. Um, so I look forward to seeing the next step there. Mm-hmm. I think otherwise, as supporters, we're kind of watching this rudderless ship head towards the cliffs. It just... Yeah, you've praised Flynn, and I would echo that. Actually, I think somehow we are eighth. We seem to have turned that little bit of a corner. January scares me, <laughs> um, and yeah, given given the disdain with which they're treating supporters, given the lack of care, given the mess off field, as I said earlier, they better be selling because there is no future under this mob. Yeah. Once you get into that death spiral of 2,000 less season tickets sold, match day crowds down, budget down. I don't want to enter that death spiral. No. This be- this better be this regime trying to strip out as much cost as they can, trying to make as much money out of this club as they can, allegedly, before they pack up and leave because the the flip side the reverse is terrifying and that is that they are just this incompetent and if this mob had taken us forward which they maintain publicly the club is not for sale and they're looking to become sustainable in the national league premier yeah um but yeah that that is scarier than anything else i can think of Oh, Dan. What a happy pod. Dan, 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 Dan. That was, well, Wimbledon this week. Uh, Joe's covering what? me for that because I'm going to London on Friday yeah. to watch football. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? But here, herein lies the tantalising truth. You know, another sold out away end in the capital. The supporters are doing their bit. We have done our bit. We are being massively let down. Somebody must see the potential in this football club that I see and you see, Rich. <sighs> there it is. Swindon Town. There it is. Swindon Town, a club that cares. Dan, thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid... 
Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds! Come on, Fred! Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.